Hello, and welcome to another episode of Everything Sucks When I'm Dying. Actually, this is called Alfie Grad. I'm super dramatic right now because it's 9 p.m., it's a Tuesday, my neighbors are blasting their darn music again with their loud subwoofer that shakes my apartment, and I'm moving in two days, I'm having a panic attack, <laughs> I'm not doing well. Um, and I haven't eaten dinner yet because I made dinner, which was literally some kind of sad packaged product from my pantry because I'm moving and, like, I'm not trying to bring more, so I'm just, like, binge eating, like, whatever, whatever's in there. And it's, like, too hot and I don't know, I'm just, like, starving, but do I want to burn myself? This is the, the questions I have to ask, like, it's very hard to be me. And so (laughs) I decided, you know what, while I wait, I will record that podcast because sometimes it's good to have a breakdown, just like publicly, because I mean, you can do it by yourself, but like, what's the point? So (laughs) this is going to be the angstiest of episodes. I am also enjoying a Michelob Ultra, which is sad and (laughs) wouldn't be my usual choice, but we can't be choosers because we're just trying to clear out the refrigerator. So here we are. I have packed so much garbage and I'm like a, the opposite of a hoarder where I'm I'm like afraid of being a hoarder. Like I've watched those hoarder shows and then I freak out and I'm like, oh my god, that could be me. Because like I can, I can follow that wavelength, you know? You can see how it would happen. Like just one day you're like collecting something innocently. You're like, you know what? I really like magnets. And then you give it like two days and you're like, oh my god, I'm hoarding magnets. I don't know. As soon as I have like too much of something, I start to think, you know what? Maybe we don't need this. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of a minimalist without being a minimalist, you know? Does that make sense? It doesn't. I'm not doing well. So I like purged a lot of my stuff. I was going through a lot of these boxes I was given when I moved out of college. Well, I didn't even live at home in college, like at all. But I mean, for some reason, when I graduated college, my mom was like, I'm tired of carrying your crap around. So it became my problem. So I did what any self-respecting adult would do, and I hid it under my bed. And now that I'm moving again, I was like, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not going to do this again. Like, I don't need to carry this somewhere else to put it under my bed. So I purged it all. I have this weird thing where instead of going through things that are old, if I haven't opened the box in like six months or more, I just... I just throw it in the trash. Is that bad? Am I throwing away valuable things? I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, you know what? I haven't needed it in six months. I'm not going to need it now. So that's how I make decisions, and I stand by that. Am I throwing away valuable memories? Probably. Is my childhood now lost to the world? Most definitely. But at the same time, it's okay. So now that you've listened to me talk about packing for three minutes while having a nervous episode, I guess we can talk about whatever I was going to talk about, which is a Q&A podcast. Haven't done that in a while. Um, yeah, it's basically the, the podcast I do when I don't know what else to do, and I'm just sort of depressed, and I'm like, you know what? I deserve to just not try. So here we are. Um, next week, we're launching something super cool, So, and I'm also going to be reporting that from my new apartment, which will be hopefully better. Or maybe not. Like, I have really bad luck with apartments. This one was pretty good until my new neighbors came in. And honestly, they are 100% the reason why I'm leaving. Like, these people, 
you can't hear it right now, but the subwoofer, we're shaking the walls. They give me aneurysms. I've developed, like, some kind of early-onset rage. Just, like, every time I hear their music, I just, like, oh, something inside of me dies. I get so angry. Like, it's a, it's one thing to play music at, like, reasonable hours, like, sometimes. But when I say 100% of the time, I mean 100% of the time. I mean I know their work schedules because I know when they're coming home because they will always turn the music on. And it's always until, like, 4 a.m. And then they... They're yelling in the hallway. Their dog is, like, peeing in the hallway. And I live in a nice place. I'm not living somewhere where dogs should be peeing in the hallway. But here we are. And now we're at five minutes, and I still have gotten nowhere. And should I delete it? Probably, but I won't. So welcome to my new podcast, I Hate My Neighbors, where I yell about my neighbors. Anyway, I hope they never listen. They would never, honestly, never. I also stalked them on Facebook once because I don't know why, but I found their name. They're, like, young people. Like me, I talk about young people like I'm not also 23 years old, but you know, I don't know how young they are, but I followed this one guy on Facebook once because I was like, I need to see his face like up close. I need to see who is causing me like so much anxiety, who is giving me these horrible night terrors, who is ruining my sleep. I have horrible sleep already. Your girl has insomnia. I don't need this in my life. And so, listening to them, I had to see it on Facebook. I saw him. I knew it. He's got one of those shirtless photos as his profile picture, so you already know. He looks like one of those guys who would be on Tinder with, like, that shirtless photo, like, standing on a truck or something. I don't know. That's that's how I would define him. I don't know his life, and he does not have a truck. But that's that. Okay, great. We're going to move on to the questions now. It's because I'm having a break in my... um, wellness level so i asked you guys on instagram to ask me literally anything and some of y'all did so thank you if you did so uh first uh amanda asked do you still use the pro blogger job board if so how do you make money with it the short answer is no um (laughs) i do not um i i love the pro jog pro jogger yeah like i'm out here jogging who do i think i am Pro blogger job board. Um, it's pretty great if you go to jobs.problogger.net or something. It's hosted by a pro blogger, which is one of like the OG bloggers, bloggy map blogging things, which is pretty cool. You know, some internet history for you there. And basically, he just has all these job listings, but it's more curated than a lot of places that you'll find job listings. Most of them are only for writing gigs. Most of them are remote, and they have to pay some money to get on that board, so you have less of the trash that you see on Upwork, you know? So that's nice. But in all honesty, I haven't been on this job board in probably over six months, so I cannot attest to whether it's still good now. Um, When I did use it, I'm actually still working with many of the clients I found on there. When I did use it, um, it's pretty similar to Upwork now where you will send, like, a proposal or fill out, like, a short application. A lot of times they ask for samples, same kind of deal. Um, Just putting a lot of attention into the way you format your cover letter and, like, how you try to stand out in the way you reach out to clients. That's the best tip I can give you. Um, It's a numbers game, as is anything, but at least they don't charge you money for connects, so you don't have to pay. You can just use the board, and that's pretty cool, so... 10 out of 10 would recommend as of six months ago. Next question. So Charlotte asked basically two questions. She said, how do you set up a freelancer account? 
That's the first question. So I assume she means like Upwork. Basically, the same way you would set up any account. Um, I like to think of it as pretty similar to LinkedIn. So when you're on LinkedIn, you want to use keywords, be very clear in your profile, just like short and to the point, very professional. That's probably the best thing you can do. It depends on what kind of role you're applying for. So as a freelance writer, I include my freelance writing niche as like my keywords, quote unquote, because like clients on Upwork are usually searching for those especially if you're trying to get um, invites, which I didn't really get a lot of until I became a top-rated, quote-unquote, freelancer on Upwork, whatever that means. Honestly, I think it's a bogus system because I didn't ask for this, and I don't get very many good invites, just letting you know. But um, yeah, I think just use keywords in your profile. Treat it like you would Upwork or any kind of professional resume type situation. Um uh, more is more, I guess. Try to be really clear about what you're doing, but I mean, don't write a novel. Also, there's some cool features you can take, like tests, which I think is a good way to show that you know things without having a lot of experience. Like, if you don't have any ratings or reviews on your profile, you can do these tests. Like, there's one for like SEO, there's like digital marketing, basically anything you can think of. And that's a good way to show that you're not just like spewing crap when you say that you can do things. Also, you can put portfolio in. Do not link to your website like I did because they were like, this is a no-no and I got in trouble, so don't do that. I totally didn't know that was a thing, but apparently you're not allowed to link to like your outside profile or website because I guess it's like you're trying to get clients outside of Upwork, which they are really picky about. You're only allowed to send those things and those links in like your personal messages with clients. So fun facts, the more you know. And otherwise, you can um, show some examples, like maybe if you have a text piece or graphic design, whatever, but you have to show, like, screenshots. You can't show links because they got upset. And you can do a video. You can do all kinds of stuff. I would just say to take advantage of those features, like, whatever you can do to stand out a little bit. A lot of the different niches are very oversaturated. I'm looking at you, freelance writing. So you have to really find ways to stand out. All right, moving on. So I don't know who asked the following questions because I took like this weird screenshot and now they're sort of all messy. But anyway, um, someone asked, what are some legit freelance websites I should use or which ones are the best? So pro bloggers job board is one. It really depends on your niche. I would say Upwork is a great place to start. I can think of a lot of bad things to say about it. Just see one of the last episodes I did, which was all about Upwork's new policy. But at the same time, I do think it's a great tool if you don't really know where else to begin. I think the best way is always to approach clients directly, um, prospective clients, like through your own cold outreach. I'm not saying you need to cold call. Don't do that. It sucks. But maybe like have targeted emails or create your own little sales funnel on your website. I think that is always a really great option, especially using your website to attract clients. But I understand why you'd want to start on a website like Upwork or even work through a network depending on the kind of job you're picking. For instance, if you're a virtual assistant, a lot of times you can work with um, networks that will connect you with clients. That's not true for all niches, obviously, but a lot of the times you'll find gigs online with like um, agencies. Marketing agencies are usually hiring freelancers in a ton of different industries, and um, that's a good place to look if you want some kind of consistent work, though you might not get paid as well something to consider. Um, basically, Upwork is a great tool. I would say to stay away from content mills or like those really cheap platforms that just make you want to die. Oh my god, I just realized Charlotte asked the second question and I didn't answer it because I'm just all over the place. Um, she also asked, how do you know if a 
assignment on Upwork is good or not. So there are a lot of red flags. To find most of them, you can visit my Instagram page where I like to show off some of the worst of the worst that I get on Upwork because they're just crazy sometimes and they're just laughable. But um, basically, if the client is asking too much, um, you can tell right away if the client's really needy. They'll be like, you need to do this, 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 this. You need this, this, this experience. And usually they're not offering the payment to back it up. If they're not even giving a price range to begin with, sometimes that can be a red flag. If the client has no prior work experience, unverified payment, like all of these things, Upwork gives you these tools to see a little bit about the client. If none of those are verified or clear at all, might not want to work with them. I have worked with some clients who were new to Upwork and it has been fine. But you definitely need to be careful and enter that like cautiously because they could swindle you and no one wants that. So just FYI. But also just read the the listing. You can usually tell when someone's full of crap. Um, A lot of times they're just super needy. Like I saw one recently that was like, you have to work every day. You can only ask for four days off a month. At the end of the month, we'll pay you like $300. And I was like, no. So things like that exist. So you'll quickly realize there's a lot of garbage to sift through and it's not worth your time. So just know when to move on. All right. Another question. Um, How do I set up my account and decide on my rate? We basically just talked about setting up the account. So I'm not going to talk about that again. But um, how to decide your rate is a lot of personal. (laughs) Basically, I don't know because I don't have a consistent rate. So who knows? Um, I think you need to First, start by calculating how much money you need to, to live. Um, if you're trying to do it full-time, at least, that's a great place to start. If you're doing it part-time, then I would just say, how much would you like to earn part-time? And realize that a lot of the time you spend working isn't going to be working for clients. Like, for instance, as a writer, I would say 50% of my time is working with clients, and the other part is promoting my business, marketing my business, like the back and forth that you do with clients. That's going to take up a lot of your time, and you need to be paid for that time too, which is like why I prefer to work based on project instead of hourly, especially as a writer, because a lot of my hourly, quote unquote, would just be spent doing research or editing, and it's really hard to prove like you're working in that time when you're just staring at a screen. Um, so I prefer to be paid by project, which I would recommend for most industries, except maybe like a virtual assistant or a position where you're doing like tasks for someone else, maybe on an hourly basis. But even then I would look around the industry and see what people are charging. Do not match yourself with the lowest person. Do not price shop the competition. Um, There's so much temptation to just choose whatever anyone else is charging, but you have to realize your own worth, your own experience, and your own value. Um, For instance, I have an English degree, and I I include that in my fee because I went to school for this, and I'm competing with a lot of people who didn't go to school for this, and I'm not saying that you can't compete if you didn't go to school for this. Like, that's definitely not true, but I I should charge for my worth, and I know that I'm worth uh, more because I have so much experience. Um, If it was a niche that I'm not that experienced with, like, for instance, if I just randomly started writing about, I don't know, sheets, then, like, I probably wouldn't charge that much for that if I was trying to, like, break into the bedsheet industry because I don't have very much experience. So you need to realize how much experience you do have and how much time you plan to be putting towards this. If you wanted to operate as, like, your full-time income, you're going to need to make sure it covers all of your costs. So, like I said, calculate your cost of living, how much you need. And then divide that by, like, maybe normal working hours, like 40 hours a week, assuming. And then 
calculate from there, but always add more. <laughs> always ask for more money than you think you'll get because usually they will just offer a different price and from there you can decide if it's worth it. The next question is, what is the process for getting assignments? So I'm going to assume this has to do with freelancing because I don't get blogging assignments. Um, if it's through Upwork, you have a few different options. You can apply for jobs through, um, you have to pay, quote unquote, with connects, which are no longer free. Um, and you have to basically apply for the job online. You have to submit a cover letter. Um, they'll have a link to your profile. And you can also include additional files like a resume or links or something like that. That's basically the most common process. Um, you can also get invited to things, which um, basically will just streamline you into what I just said. But I guess you maybe get some extra attention because the client themselves reached out to you first. Um, that's the only process through Upwork, through places like job boards. Usually it's pretty similar where you apply either with an online form or you email someone directly, in which case you're just going to want to be really direct, introduce yourself. You're going to really learn how to do the pitch. Honestly, mine has gotten so much better. When I started, it was garbage. I don't know if it's better, but it's working more now, so I guess that's good. Um, it's not that different from a cover letter you would write in a traditional job, only you're going to probably want to be a little faster and you're going to want to include links. That's basically the only difference. Um, it's very similar. All right, moving on. How much should I set aside for taxes? And how do I do taxes as a freelancer or blogger? Is it different for a side hustle or a full-time freelancer? Oh, this is a really good question. Okay, for the taxes thing, I would say check out my episode on taxes. Your girl is not an attorney. She is not a CPA. She is not a qualified tax expert. But I do my own taxes, and I feel confidently that any sole proprietor, at least, can do their own taxes as long as they're willing to educate themselves about the laws and what is required in their state. It does help that I am in a state which does not have an income tax, so that that's like much simpler. But if you were in a state with an income tax, make note of this. But basically, because you aren't going through an employer, there's no employer taking out their portion of the taxes, so you will need to pay the self-employment rate, which is sort of the employer rate. You'll also need to pay your own portion of income taxes, which would be taken out of your check if you worked for a traditional employer. And then you'll also need to pay for things like Social Security, Medicaid, and then if you have a state income tax, you also need to pay for that. Do you need to separate these into different accounts? No. <laughs> what I would say is to save between 15 and 25% of every payment you get. That money doesn't belong to you. Make a separate bank account. I highly recommend an online bank account. I use Ally Bank. And I put everything online in its own little bank account, and it's just sitting there. It's really hard for me to touch. I don't touch it until it's time to pay quarterly taxes. You need to pay quarterly taxes if you expect to owe over $1,000 in taxes to the government, or to the IRS. Each year, um, that's 1000 in taxes, so not just like 1000 that you need to claim as income. 1000 in taxes. So... Basically, if you're making a pretty good amount of money, you need to be filing taxes quarterly. If you're not sure, talk to a tax professional. Usually, you can get, like, a, a consultation for, like, 30 minutes. Might even be free. Um, it's worth that time. Basically, you also want to have a system for keeping track of your income because if you do get audited, which is very unlikely, and it's not scary if you do. Like, I see a lot of people so worried about, like, I don't know, you're going to go to jail or something. You're not. It's going to be okay. 
Um, but if you keep track of everything, that's a great way to do it. Um, for me personally, I get all of my payments through PayPal when possible. Like 90% of all of my, both the things I pay for for my blog and my business and all the payments I get, I try to get them through PayPal so that I can organize my statements through PayPal and then I have like this proof of where the money's going. Um, it's much easier to organize that way. And I just keep a simple Google sheet with all of my money, when I get it, where it goes, my deductions, etc., how much I plan to pay, and I just keep track of it there. That really works for me. Um, I've heard of people having their own business credit card. That's a great idea. Even if you're just a sole proprietor with a blog or a freelancer, like having a special (laughs) credit card for your um, business expenses, that helps keep it all in one place. Things like that. Basically, you just want to separate business money from your personal money. That means you keep your taxes separate. You don't want those just hanging out because it's so easy to get in a situation where you overspend and then suddenly you owe the IRS this huge bill and you're like, what do I do now? So just keep it separate. If you want to be really conservative, save 25%. Um, In theory, you're supposed to pay your quarterly taxes based on um, how much you earned last year, but I find that as a freelancer or a blogger, that's really not reliable at all because... Your income can fluctuate so much and like what you made first quarter of last year could be like twice the amount you make this year or half the amount. Like it's never really 100% the same. It's not that kind of business where you can really predict things like this. So I would recommend just basing it. Basically when I do my quarterly taxes, I send around 20% of my income to the IRS. And that is a number that was pretty spot on for me. When I ended up filing my taxes, I did great. And I was really proud of myself. Um, so it's not complicated. If you do need to pay quarterly taxes, you'll need a um, tax identification number or something like that. If you Google it, like a enterprise ID number, it's really simple. Like the IRS quarterly payment system. You need to apply for a PIN number with your social security number. And they mail that to you. And that is how you pay taxes. It's as simple as going online and entering your bank info and you're done. It's very easy. It's not scary at all. I think everyone can do it as long as you are just really careful about keeping your business money separate and saving your taxes. That's it. It has nothing to do with um, side hustle versus full-time. It only has to do with whether or not you are going to have to pay $1,000 in taxes to the IRS. And you need to claim all income, whether it's made with a side hustle or full-time income. And even if you do have a traditional day job or whatever, you can file both. You just need to file a 1099 MISC form. So your girl knows the tax codes. I guess I'm secretly moonlighting as a CPA. So now you know. Great. (laughs) All right. The last question I have for this messy podcast are what are different freelance ideas like careers? This is a good question. I have a whole blog post on this. I have like several blog posts on this. Um, there's so many options. Basically anything you want to do, you can freelance. Um, I'm a writer, so I freelance write. Um, that means that I write content. I usually write marketing content, so I write a lot of SEO blog posts. I do emails. I do sometimes sales copy, though I hate that. I've done product descriptions, though I also hate that. I mainly write blog posts, like long-form blog posts that are serving some kind of purpose, whether that is to build authority SEO backlinks or like a ton of other things that's what I do primarily and that's something that I can do and not hate myself um graphic design is another one virtual assistant 
which means you basically will help a professional or a blogger or anyone who just needs like hourly work from someone remotely will hire a virtual assistant. You can do things like answer emails, write blog posts, social media, whatever. You can be a social media marketer. You can be an SEO expert. You can do web design or web development or or an influencer or you, I don't know, you help people design their homes or you are a CPA and you help people with your taxes or maybe you help them with um, bookkeeping. All of these things are possible as a freelancer and you'll find these and more on Upwork and just on your own. And there's just a lot of flexibility, so I think it's a pretty great career path, especially for college students, young professionals, or anyone who just is, like, sort of fed up with the 9-to-5 thing. I feel you, if you are. Um, we're coming up on my one-year anniversary of ditching my day job, so that's exciting. I should get a cake or something. I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, this was today's episode. I'm sorry I had an emotional breakdown at the beginning, but you know, then again, I'm not. And uh, that's it for today because I have to go do some more work and then hopefully I will be done by 11 because I want to sleep. And yeah, so when you hear from me next, I will be coming to you, not live, but I'll be coming to you from my new apartment, which hopefully isn't loud as heck. And that's really exciting. So I hope you have a really productive week. Check me out on Instagram at SamanthaBility if you want to see some crazy Upworks nonsense because it's basically the most entertaining thing in my life. And that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> see you next week.